The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now, your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Walker, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It is a victory Monday here by Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. Is it working in the background now, B? Is the music back? It's there now. Okay, good. Now we can dance and it's all good to go. Oh, the Cowboys get another win. Their third straight overall. Their eighth straight against the NFC East. 25-10 to 10 over the Washington Commanders. And we're here to break it all down for you here from the star in Frisco. Patrick Nosey Walker, Isaiah Stanback, Rob Phillips. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Gentlemen, Cowboys get the job done today. And we are happy to be able to go all the way through it. And I'll start with you, Patrick, just because you got your victory hat on. Yes. You're ready to roll. Yes. Is this a Radio Raheem? What you got going on right there? You get, oh, you yeah, can't, you can't listen, wear the headphones listen, with the hat yeah, you can't, oh, Right, so you got to. Right, but I, Radio Raheem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shouts out to Spike. Yeah, yeah. Those who know, know. If you know, you know. <laughs> well, you know, you know. What are your thoughts on the win? Uh, It, it was a, it was a gut, another gutsy win for the Cowboys. I mean, was it clean? Absolutely not. Um, But as I've said time and time again, pretty win, ugly win, I don't care. Just win, baby. Um, the Cowboys, you know, I predicted that they would break through the thirty mark, the thirty point mark for the first time this season, and they could have, which is a little bit frustrating. They did leave some plays on the field again. Um, to Rob's point in the press box, Cooper Rush had a leprechaun on his shoulder, <laughs> two interceptions that were deleted by penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, but the defense did exactly what we knew that they would and be able to do. Um, they held another team to under 20 points. This one specifically 10 points. They've now allowed only one touchdown per game every game this season. Mm. This is a Super Bowl caliber defense. The only question was and remains, can the Cowboys offense continue on a weekly basis to play clean enough and effective enough to complement that and what's going on with special teams as well? They did it again, again. Cooper Rush dodged a couple of bullets, but in the second half, he looked much better. Michael Gallup, the return of Michael Gallup was huge uh, for both Cooper Rush and opening up those lanes for CeeDee Lamb. They stuck to the run with Ezekiel Elliott just enough to set up the downfield. So uh, don't necessarily love what I saw from the Cowboys offense yesterday. I love what I saw from their defense and their special teams, but I love the win as a whole. Three and one, can't complain too much there. Rob? Yeah, good stuff from No C. This is probably the most unexpected, at least outside the locker room, most unexpected three-game win streak that I can remember since uh, 2016, since Dak Prescott was the rookie, and we didn't know what to expect from Dak. And probably more so, honestly, because there are more overall questions about this roster, at least on offense, than there were in 2016. They, they had a nice veteran nucleus around Dak that year. We've talked about receiver. We've talked about left tackle. We've talked about left guard. They don't have their leading tackler from last season at safety either, by the way, and they're finding a way to get it done. I don't even think Jerry Jones, the eternal optimist, <laughs> expected three wins in a row. And I, he wouldn't say it, 
But the way he talked in the locker room, outside the locker room after the game about how Cooper Rush has, has exceeded all my expectations, yep. this, is a, this is a really special win streak that they're on. To, to be 0-1 and you think the season might be just off the rails. And now you're, I think you're tied for second in the NFC East and Dak is getting healthy. Um, you could not ask for more right now from the Cowboys right now. Agreed. I think they <clears throat> they found a way to win, ultimately. That's really all that matters. I don't think that anybody's satisfied with the offense once again, but, you know, they won, and they got lucky. And as we've said a couple times this year already, it's better to be lucky uh, than to than be good. Than to be good. So <laughs> it worked. Uh, defensively, they were dominant again. I think they were dominant again. They definitely showed a couple leaks here and there, but I think that's going to happen in every game. It's yeah. the NFL. Um, there's there's always going to be things that you want to go back and sure up. Nobody's ever going to be satisfied. As a coach, you're never going to be satisfied. As an analyst, you're never going to be satisfied. You just you're, you you say, okay, good job for the things that you did well, and then you, you're going to focus in on the things that you did negatively, right, because you want to sure those things up. You want to make sure there's no crack in your armor anywhere that anybody watching on the outside or upcoming can look at and say, ah, that's where we can get them at. So, you take the dub, you walk away with the dub, you're happy about that, but at the same time, you look at the areas in which you can improve in so that you can make sure that as this competition continues to increase, especially over these next few weeks, that you're 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 right ready to rock and roll. Yeah, you've got two really big games coming up. Yeah. You've got a, a benchmark test that we we talked about that all last year was what do you do in your benchmarks? You've you've passed one, you failed one so far this season. The first one was Tampa Bay, you failed mm-hmm. that one. The second one was Cincinnati, the reigning AFC champions, you passed that one. Right. Now you've got another one against the Rams coming up, reigning Super Bowl champs. And then right after that, Philadelphia is still undefeated going into week five. So you've got two massive matchups on the way. But the way that you're trending here, and going back to what Rob said, it it couldn't have been asked for more. You, you've taken care of the football. Your defense has dominated. They've done everything that they've certainly needed to get the win. And even though it hasn't necessarily been pretty all the time on offense, they've gotten back to where they've got separation at the wide receiver position. They've been able to run the football effectively, and they've stuck with the run. The run wasn't as effective yesterday as it had been the week prior, not even at, a, at any point in the ballgame. Mm-hmm. However, they stuck with it. 19 carries for Ezekiel Elliott yesterday. He only ended up with 49 yards. Much of that was because the, the interior of the Washington line was okay. really, really yeah, good we'll yesterday. So with all of the, the positives – I'm hearing a lot of negative, too. I mean, this is a three-game win streak you did not anticipate to have. Why is there so much pause to give credit where credit is due around the country? I think from from the aspect of those that are on the outside looking in, uh, they're looking at it as, well, you know, you get Michael Gallup back and you got C.D. Lamb. And, and rightfully so, everyone expected more of C.D. Lamb from minute one sure. in 2022. So so that's justifiable, right? He's starting to come on strong here now. Had a 100-yard game last week. He was only three yards shy of a 100-yard game this week. Noah Brown has been fantastic. Um, we'll get to news and notes in the update on Noah Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Gallup is back. But, you know, to this point, be it Dak Prescott and or Cooper Rush, the passing attack hasn't been what it was. But I think that the pause should have been placed prior to the season beginning anyway because Amari Cooper is not here. Michael Gallup was not going to start the season. He was going to miss several games. You didn't know necessarily that Noah Brown was going to have a, a career best season. You would hope that he would step into the Cedric Wilson role, but you didn't know that that would happen. Yeah. And then behind Noah Brown and CeeDee Lamb, it was just a bunch of question marks, right? So 
I get it. But at the same time, you have to be able to realize what's happening here because we said this prior to Cooper Rush's first start. If Cooper Rush could get you the two di- wins in the two division games, then maybe he drops Cincinnati, maybe he drops Los Angeles. He's two and two. Maybe Dak is ready at that point. We but were talking about two and three being a best case scenario at one yeah. point during a five game stretch where Zach, where Dak Prescott was out and you didn't necessarily know what was going on. You were thinking two and three was going to be a big time win. Absolutely. Now and you're three and zero. You, you, Three and zero in the Cooper Rush. Three and run. Three and one going into SoFi Stadium. Massive matchup. Like you said, this is a benchmark test, a litmus test for the Cowboys. We we will see who's going to be the quarterback. I'm more inclined to, to believe it's going to be Cooper Rush. We'll talk about that, you know, shortly. But at the same time, you know, you cannot complain about being three and one because it's very hard to win in this league. So you take the win and you run with it and you prepare for the next opponent. But to Isaiah's point, that doesn't mean that you have the luxury, be it Mm. player or coaching staff, to then say, okay, well, we don't have anything to fix. You do have some things that you need to fix. That's what I was waiting to be answered. Because there are things that you need to fix, right? I mean, on both sides of the ball, not even just the offensive side. The defense had some some leakage, like you said. Yeah, the defense had some leakage. I know they want to shore up some things in terms of their run defense. Uh, they they really, Washington really got after them on terms of the edges. Yep, they really tore them up on the edges, and whether that was the cornerbacks' unwillingness to come up and, and make stops, whether that was them, you know, grabbing the edge and kicking Micah out and kicking out D Law and everybody else that was on the defense end. That's something that I know Dan Quinn's going to want to shore up. Okay, that's just one area. If I'm going to be nitpicking, that's one area that the defense needs to clear up. And I think that was probably the first team that really came out and adamantly tried to challenge them on the ground game. And I think they, the interior defense alignment responded really well. Big Bowl had a good day. Tristan Hill, the reps that he had, they did really well. Osa was in there. I mean, the guys interior-wise did a really good job run defense. Outside is where we got to shore it up. And that's going to play into the secondary as well. Offensively, I mean, call it call a spade a spade. They they got they caught some dog on breaks. There was there was penalties on those two plays. So so it is what it is, right? I mean, they got the call right. However, that call didn't affect <laughs> the result of the what would what the play would have been. Right. So those the first things. one did. The first one was a, a holding call on the guy who intercepted the pass. But where the ball was going, it would have got picked. It would it would have got picked. So I mean, I'm just saying like. They're lucky they got those back there. I mean, they the, they got it right. The referees did. However, those are the things that you watch and you're like, "Ooh, crap! We got we got away with that, and we got to sure that up." Okay, Ooh, wipe 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 your forehead and let's make sure that doesn't ever happen again, because <laughs> you want to ensure that those those things don't turn out the way that they could have and hurt your team. And I think that the reason why I think there's that pause, at least for me, I can't speak for anybody else. The reason why I'm like, "Okay, good job, Cowboys!" Like, "Hey, good stuff," but you still got you got to do more offensively. You have to do more Without offensively because the teams that you're about to go against, they know how to score points. Yep. And as great as your defense has been playing, again, I'm going to say it, you can't expect your defense to always bail you out. At some point in time, the offense is going to have to turn it on. And people are going to say, oh, well, Michael Gallup just got there. It's like, yeah, I get it. I get it. No, Dak's out. I, I get it. But this is what you got. No, and you're right. Like, they're, they're going to be challenged. And at some point, the defense is going to give over. I think we'll give up over 20 points. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe I should. <laughs> print, maybe I should print T-shirts yeah. and trademark right. first to twenty. But no, you're right about that. Maybe I, I, I may just be grading the offense on a curve right now because I, I mean, Cooper Rush is undefeated now, four and zero, first quarterback in Cowboys history to do that. But I'm still viewing this offense and through the lens of they have a backup quarterback in, in there, and so this they they have limitations on what they can do. And No C talks about the extra five percent. Well, when Dak comes back. 
that's an extra 10% or right. whatever. Like, that's the way I look at 20. it. So, yeah. So, like, I, I, I'm not surprised that they have some struggles with Cooper Rush in the game. Even And maybe, maybe we're just raising our expectations well, for him based on the way he's played. But he has gotten lucky in some spots. But he's run the offense overall the way it needs to be run and the philosophy that they want to run with running the football and staying committed to it, like you said, Kyle. Yeah. And making plays off of that, that's been good. But, yeah, they, they're going to have to step it up for sure. You can't make your defense do what they're doing every single week. Well, here, here's – and all of these points are accurate. I'll turn the knob a little bit to the right and say this, and I said this on Twitter last night. If you're 3-1 and one with a backup quarterback, you've had some luck involved, be it you know, penalties, deleting interceptions, whatever the case may be, and you're about to get healthy – with a Super Bowl caliber defense, that still isn't whole. Jaron Curse is not back. Yeah, yet. This team should scare. It should start to scare some other teams. The ones that are looking at the Cowboys, as far as I have to face them in November, I have to face them in December. If they're winning these games in September, games they shouldn't technically be winning, it sets them up for a very strong finish to the season. So, if nothing else. I mean, we there are going to be analytical takeaways, you know, you know, roses to the uh, to the uh, the penalties, for example, only sure. four penalties yep. last game. You got to hats off to McCarthy and, and crew for that. But yes, we get paid to look at the the minutia of it all and say, okay, well, this can be improved and this can be improved, just like the coaches do, just like the players do. But I think the main takeaway is to your point, Kyle. You're three and one. With a backup quarterback having played the last three games, you've not been whole on offense. You've not been whole on defense. And and yet, hit you are. Second place, one game out. I'll put it like this. They're not the best versions of themselves right now. Right. They, they, and they have to be better. Isaiah's right about that, especially offensively. But I'm just impressed with the fight. Yep. I'm impressed Resilience. with the fact that they they made – and they wanted to make all of us except for Pat look, look dumb <laughs> in week two. Like, none of us – nobody except Pat picked – pick the Cowboys Tiger win milk. that game. And 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 they've and they've kind of banded together and everybody's kind of pitching in in all three yep. phases. And that's that's the mark of a team that's together and is pretty well balanced and has a lot of fight to it. So is it good enough to beat every team in the league right now? No, but when you play defense like this, that gives them a chance. And and, and, and and if you raise yep. if they raise their game around that Going so forward. You guys know I'm not a big stats person, okay? But yeah. I'm going to look at some stats right here, and I don't care what website you look at. The Washington Commanders have scored 73 points this year. Okay? All these teams have played four games in the NFC East. Mm-hmm. Washington Commanders have scored – let me just say it this way. Dallas Cowboys at the bottom, 71 points in the NFC East. Okay. Okay. Washington Commanders are in second place in terms of scoring, 73 points. Um and they've then been to, shut down the last two weeks because exactly. they scored 30 points per game the first two weeks of the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then the New York Giants are in third place, or in second place with 76 points scored this year. The Philadelphia Eagles, 115. That's a pretty big gap. You've got to score some freaking points. Yeah. Now, the, Ram, the, Rams, the Rams haven't scored nothing this year. They scored 61. But they're capable. But they're capable. They're we, we've capable. seen it. We, there's no question mark regarding whether they can. They just haven't clicked yet. Okay? Talk about a team that's not the best version of themselves. Exactly. Yeah. They, they have that's to one too. Rams ball. But I'm saying that to say – the Giants, Cowboys, and Commanders are in the same category as we speak in terms of offensive success, in terms of scoring points. The Philadelphia Eagles, which we'll see next week, okay, those guys are above and beyond right now. So in preparation, when I look at comparisons, that's what you're going to have to compete with. 
That's who you're going to be challenging right, based upon right now. The Giants have the same record as you as well. That's who you're going to be challenging most likely if you want to take this thing in terms of the NFC East. And I get your mentality because in the room there today, from a player's perspective, the coaches are going to stay on the guys. Absolutely. Say, like, this, yeah. is, this is great, but we're going up against the defending champs, and it's got there has to be a, a level race. This here. is what I love so much about these next two games that are coming up. You're talking about the defending champs coming up this weekend. You're talking about a high-scoring Philadelphia offense coming up the week after. I said this before, and I'll say it again, and I'll continue to say it until further notice. I've seen enough from Dan Quinn's defense in Dallas to, to believe that this is the threshold that I'm measuring other offenses against. If you are an opposing offense and you claim that to have a prolific offense coming into Dallas or, you know, with Dallas coming into your, your hometown, show me against this defense. Because if you can rack up 30-plus points on this defense, hats off to you. You do, in fact, have a high-scoring, potent offense, even if it's just for that particular week. But until I see an opposing offense, because I've seen them now shut down Tom Brady, they didn't get the win because of the offense, but the defense has shut down Tom Brady. It shut down Joe Burrow. It shut down a commander's team that was scoring pretty readily in the first couple of weeks. It shut down Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley at MetLife Stadium. Four touchdowns through four weeks. Any opposing defense – the Rams, all due respect to the to the reigning champs, mm-hmm. all due respect to what the Eagles are doing. But until they show me that they can run up the score on this defense, I still believe this defense is good enough to march into L.A. and march into Philadelphia. Dallas has given up the in the NFC, not even just the NFC East. Okay? In the NFC, they've given up the <laughs> second least most uh, amount of points scored. I mean, not taking into account the 49ers, which have to play tonight. But they've given up the second least amount. One touchdown per game. So you know, far. I like what Rob said. Rob said, um, he's like, well, I, I don't think we can expect. Well, I don't know. You know what? I expect it now, right? It, from, from from the defense. From the defense. I, I expect. On a consistent basis. On a consistent basis, on a weekend, a week out basis, I expect no more than 20. I, I'll be even generous here and say 20 to 24 points. I believe that this defense can hold every offense okay. to 24 or fewer. And if that continues to happen, then it will buy time for the offense to. Does the offense need gelling. to do more? Yes, yes, or no? yes, okay. yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. And I think that's everybody says that, but the defense has done. And, and I get the points that both of you are saying. How many points has, has Philly allowed in that stat? You mentioned how they're about forty points above you on offense. How much have they allowed as well? Seventy-one. So not a whole lot either. Everyone on nine, their defense nine more side. than us. Ooh, that's going to be a fun game. There you go. So, <laughs> I mean, this is two weeks down the road. You still got to play the defending Super Bowl champs this week. Yeah. But you go back around, and, and Philly is the standard yeah. at the moment, by the way, that they played. I will add in, though, and I put this on Twitter last week. It, it has not changed. They've won seven straight games in the regular season, Philadelphia has. But they've been against the combined 25-59 and 59. between the seven games that they've won. Those teams were 25-59 and 59 last year. Mm-hmm. So they haven't really played anybody yet. They play the Cardinals this week. That'll be a good test because they were tested by Trevor Lawrence this week too. And Doug Peterson, former yeah. Philly head coach. I hear you. They got the W. That's I mean ultimately yeah, that's we're, it. We're not, I'm just I'm just yeah, we know listen, you're not I know I know people that. people people get mad at me. I don't care, but people I'm get mad at me. I'm mad at you. You know I don't care, but <laughs> the, 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 the reason why my mentality is like that is to, to Rob's point like I'm literally trained to always look for how to get better. Yeah, right. and I, you don't get. I don't get. You don't get. As a player, you don't get pats on the back for what you've done. Right. That's in the past. Right. It's, it's already happened. It's done. It's over with. Okay. When you're in the middle of a season or you're in the first quarter of a season, there's more to do. And if you're not hitting on all cylinders, 
there's more to do. Even when you are hitting seemingly on more cylinders, guess what? Dan Quinn's going to say there's more to do. You can get better. Defense, you're playing awesome. But, again, I ask that question, what if or what what when is going to happen? At what point in time the Dallas Cowboys defense is not going to show you who they've been to date? And you're going to need your other two-thirds of your, of your team to pick it up. And from what we've seen this year, the Dallas Cowboys have not shown that they're willing, or, or not saying they're willing, but able or capable to put that backpack on and carry the team through the finish line offensively. Mm. We haven't seen it sure. with Dak or Coop. At any point this year? This year. Not at all. Two things to add to that before we go to our first break. First one is, I think fans out there, even though they're celebrating and they're 3-1 and one and this is great, they have that pause because of one thing, and it's been the lack of success late in the season, much like what it was last year. There was a lot of people giving this team flowers. They were healthy. They were building. Everything looked great. And then you lost in the divisional or the wild card round to San Francisco. So it's a lot of show me later sort of mentality from the fans. Secondly, I think they would want the players to have a mindset like Isaiah. Yeah. They don't want players back in there on Monday saying, man, hey, great job, yeah. man. Got a win against the, the the Washington Commanders. That was great. Now, let's, we'll talk about the Rams on Wednesday. No, that's no, not what it's no, about. it's right now. You got to turn around. It's right now. You got to get better. All right, when we come back, let's talk about that defense. Interior defensive line, uh, if I had a game ball – we're, we'll do helmet stickers coming up in a little bit. They may get that, that helmet sticker, but we'll talk about it when we come back on the other side of the break here on Talking Cowboys. When you build, you start with the foundation, and home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. Lil Sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Lil Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper is on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah's savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. Glad you're with us here on this beautiful Monday morning. It is a victory Monday for the Dallas Cowboys. And hope you had fun and a safe weekend. By the way, if you are a Cowboys fan who wants to spice up the game, nominate yourself or a friend to be the Cowboys fan of the year, presented by Captain Morgan, and win a trip to Super Bowl 57 in Arizona. Nominate yourself or a friend at DallasCowboys.com slash fan of the year. I want to talk about the defense here, Rob. Hmm. That interior of the defensive line, Neville Gallimore, Tristan Hill, Quentin Bohana. Um, Chauncey Golston. Chauncey Golston at times. I thought they were fantastic last night. Phenomenal. I thought they were really, really good. Probably <laughs> the best game that the interior has played to this ready? point in the season. Is that what I sound like, or is that no, just you I just, singing? I mean, when I think about the interior defensive line yesterday, Phenomenal. I think about freaking <laughs> Tristan Hill picking up, was it McKissick? Yeah. And just his toes were yeah, just off yeah, the ground, yeah. just like a little cartoon character. <laughs> that was awesome. You say it one more time for me? Yes. And well, what did I say? Phenomenal. Phenomenal. <laughs> That's the t-shirt Isaiah needs to make. Uh, might All be right. the title of the show uh, after the show here. Yeah, no, they, they did a fantastic job. I went back and I looked at both teams were 5 of 15 on third down, which speaks to, again, offensively the Cowboys can get better. Yep. But 11 of the the commanders' 15 third downs were third and long, and they found themselves in third and 10-plus over and over and over again with a ton of minus plays. Some of it was self-inflicted. They tried so hard to run the ball. That, I mean, and they did, yeah. and they did to a large extent run it really well. But they focused so much on that because they didn't trust their protection for Carson Wentz. Mm -hmm. They were doing whatever they could, even when the game started getting out of reach, to make sure that he was in some manageable stuff. And all you had to look at was the first drive. Those those last two plays of the drive, second and third and long, he's trying screen passes, and he's he's not able to get the ball out on time because the the rush was so good. So great job up front. I think if there's one thing, and Isaiah spoke to it in the first segment, the run defense, though, I think we're seeing an example of why you don't want Micah to play exclusively on the edge because, and it's not all on him, but when he's on the edge and other teams have tried it, but maybe more so in this game, they're running at him and they're putting a tight end to his side and they're trying to take him, wash him out of the play. And they had some success doing that in the first half. Now I'll give him credit though, because the first play of the third quarter, uh, they did the same thing with Gibson and he dropped him for a minus two loss, but there's some things in there they got to clean up. Overall, what can you say, though? I mean, once again, a fantastic effort by this defense. You know what I, I cannot get enough of when it comes to this defense? One of the things I can't get enough of is the depth. Like, holy crap. Shinobi Shinobi. Right. So <laughs> we, we mentioned earlier this defense is not whole because J. Ron Curse is not back quite yet. You lose starting nickel. Jordan Lewis yep. to a groin issue suffered pregame. And then a camp champ. And then Camp Champ Deron Bland. I like that. That's good. Right. Deron Bland comes in, so and all, all he does is has those. a key PBU in the end zone because Carson Wentz, of course, they're going to scheme. They're going to, hey, let's let's try the rookie. PBU, get that out of here. And then gets an interception, a key interception at a critical point in the game. That's how I know they didn't watch training camp live. 
Clearly. Jerks. <laughs> Clearly. We tried to tell them. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if you knew better, you do better, right? <laughs> um, it, it seems like whether it's the safety position with the absence of Jerron Curse, you see uh, Malik Hooker doing Malik Hooker things. You see Donovan Wilson just balling out of control, so forth and so on. You go to, uh, to the cornerback room. You lose Jordan Lewis unexpectedly moments before the game. Yeah. Hey, Rook. You're starting. Let's go. Deron Bland, hey, I'm just going to play like I've been here all my life, right? And then you go down to the defensive front. Quentin Bohana was doing massive things as he has been doing all season. You lose him in the second half. But then you see a Chauncey Golston and Oso Diggy Zoo and Neville Gallimore and those guys just galvanized. Tristan Hill, you started to see flashes of Tristan Hill yesterday. The depth at all three levels gives Dan Quinn so much comfort in knowing, you know what, if we lose a guy – the next guy is going to be equal to the guy we just lost. But, by the way, when that guy we just lost gets back in a couple weeks, you should also fear him as well. Yeah. His defense is just its nasty, it's filthy, it should be illegal in 48 states. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. I, this, I mean, Dan Quinn's freaking a genius. Yeah. And somebody's told you guys a long time ago that he's freaking <laughs> amazing. But I wonder who. I don't know who that was, but somebody he's good. And, this, and kudos to the front office of the Dallas Cowboys to completely turn around the depth of this defense over a span of one and a half Especially years. Especially really. in safety. And, and, and speaking on safety, I don't know how many people are talking about this player. Donovan Wilson. Uh, I think quite a few people are talking balled about out. If you haven't watched the film intently, go back and watch how many plays he made that weren't big splash plays that everybody sees and talks about. Yes, he made those plays. I think he had nine solo tackles, if I'm correct. Eight, 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 eight solo, solo tackles. There you eight go. Solo out of nine. So, do so you know how hard it is to have a solo tackle in the NFL at the safety position? Pretty like, hard. Like, pretty doggone hard. Like he, those are open field tackles, and he's coming downhill. Mind you, he's not a large human. He's not a large human being. We Look, talked about this yesterday. It's 205 soaking wet. Man, soaking wet. Soaking wet with whatever sponsored shoes we have on, okay? Like these. He was coming downhill. He was shooting the gap. He was trusting his eyes, trusting his reads, trusting his preparation, and he was in there making plays. He was hog-tying guys by their ankles and helping his defense alignment out, walking back to the safety position and doing what he does and going about his business, not looking for nobody to pat him on the back. He hyped himself up, got back up, do my assignment again. And he bailed those guys out of so many potential big plays. I can't even tell you. Was that the third and 11 to Dotson? Where it, was a, where it was a little dump pass out, and it was right in space, and he yes. just he just yeah. speared him basically. Yep. That was my that was my favorite play of the yeah. game. Just Let's freaking Goldberg him, get him off the field, you know. Yeah. Well, and we have talked about it on this show through the first three weeks of the season. There were times when he would come downhill and he would fly to the football, but he was a little reckless, and where yes. he was a little out of position or late. Yeah. That was not the case yesterday. It felt like he was like he, before. It felt like he was closing his eyes. It okay. felt like he was a scud missile, and he was just closing his eyes and just throwing himself. Right, which in. works at times. Sometimes it works, right? Yeah. But now it feels like his eyes are open, and now it's like he's now he's seeing exactly what he's hitting, and he's making a lot of great plays. To your point earlier, Rob, in terms of Micah Parsons, Micah Parsons, everybody looks for him to make the big plays in terms of coming off the edge or coming up the middle and getting pressures and sacks. The amount of plays he shut down yesterday in the screen game, because mm-hmm. Washington's game plan was run, 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 screen. 
That was their game plan. That's what they wanted to do. They wanted. They knew they had to get the balls out their hand quick because you can't sit back here and hold it against. I don't care what your offensive line looks like. You just can't. There's to your point. Too many guys. Right. Right. It's too many guys. Too much depth. Doesn't matter what rotations in mm-hmm. at the time. So their their game plan was: let's beat Michael Parsons out to the edge and let's cut him at his knees. Right. Let's take his knees out. Yep. Let us. Let's. I want you to take all your body. Look at him straighten his quads, and I want you to shoot all your body weight. At his kneecaps, whether that was Logan Thomas, whether that was offensive tackles, whether that was running backs. They did it over and over and over again, and they eventually got him to the point where they, they, they messed him up for a second, right? His back was jacked up for a second, yeah. but he came back, right. right? But to your point, Rob, that's why you don't want him at defensive end because you can scheme him up, and you can potentially hurt him. I'm not going to say that guys are intentionally trying to hurt you hurt you out there on the field, but they want to they want to take you out. It's more dangerous. It's more dangerous. It's easier to identify. And I brought that point up last year. To, I think when Heck was here, I, I don't want him there all the time because now I can say take his knees out. Yesterday was a great example of why. Yeah. yeah it was a great example of why. I'll yeah. tell you what, that sounds a whole lot like uh, the science lab column from last week that I circled that exact point it was about Michael Parsons and why logistically everyone needs to stop saying he should be committed full-time to defensive end these are the exact reasons I just laid them out for you ladies and gentlemen what you would prefer is for Michael Parsons to continue to be a weapon a versatile guy that you can move around and you have to keep the opposing offensive coordinator guessing yes, where's Waldo where's Waldo once you pigeonhole him to the edge be it the left side or the right side he's infinitely more uh, simple to scheme against yep. so you don't want to do that yesterday was a perfect example but kind of circling back to Donovan Wilson really quickly uh, you talk about Guys, you know, someone telling everyone about a particular player. Donovan Wilson, I got the receipts. Yeah, Rob Phillips has been on him yeah. from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Day I one. mean, I think day Air one. Air five, my Rob guy. Phillips. Yeah. My Air guy. five. My guy <laughs> from Kyle Field. Baby. And, and when we say day one, we <laughs> Had mean. Him since college. When we say day one, we mean day one. Uh, Donovan Wilson came in with the traits that we're seeing him capitalize on now, specifically as they're being refined under under Dan Quinn. Um, but you saw in 2020 breakout season, yep. it was his his career with the Cowboys was only slowed by injury in 2021. So what we're seeing in 2022 could have easily been occurring last season, if not for injury. So now he's he's basically doubling up on the success he had in 2020. He is bordering on elite. I don't want to. I don't want to use the e word just yet on him, but he is teetering dangerously close. To, no, because if I say that, then <laughs> then you got to be able to put him up there with like a Jesse Bates and things like that. Close. <laughs> I say. Listen, objectively speaking, if I I'll, you see I'll, where I'll the elite safety listen, from the listen, Chargers listen. just got paid, I'll, I'll see this. I'll say this. Sir, <laughs> right, that's why. I, okay, you know, yeah. and, and I'm a player advocate. Yeah. Get in the bag. Get your bag. Uh, if I see. <laughs> Uh, only a couple more games of of this from Donovan Wilson. I'm going to throw the e word on his jersey, and I'm going to say Donovan Wilson is an elite safety right now. What is J. Ron Curse? Um, mm. Ooh, it and, goes and back a, to an elite point. hybrid because he's not a, he's not a full blown safety. He's a linebacker and a safety. He's elite at what he does. Okay. But See, he, but Dono's yeah. been doing the same thing J. Ron would do for the most part. J. Ron has has more assignments. 
He, okay. more, more coverage. Yeah, more coverage more, assignments. More, and he's yeah. also tasked with deleting people like George Kittle, right. for example. Whereas sure. Dono is more tasked with, we talk Just about covering up. in space and cleanup duty and things like that. It's two different roles, which is why, and I'm, I'm glad you, you mentioned J-Ron Curse because a lot of people were saying, well, once J-Ron comes back, what, how do you fit him in? Easily, you fit him in by putting him back in because the Cowboys' base isn't technically a 4-3 as much as it is a big nickel. So you're going to yeah. typically run three safeties, and the third safety is actually the hybrid in J-Ron Curse. That's why both Curse and... And Wilson started in week one and played a healthy uh, amount of the game. If you go back to 2020, he was the almost like the one guy that was yeah. like, all right, this is how Mike yeah. McCarthy, this is how I want yep. my defense to play. Yep. Yeah. Like, just, yeah, and like going back to college, sometimes his aggressiveness got the, the yes. better of him. Targeting, that was a problem for him in college, but like that's what they needed in 2020. And he kind of reshaped what they wanted. Then Dan Quinn comes in. J. Ron Curse turned out to be way more versatile and effective than they expected. Rose to the front office on that one. And yeah, and it kind of limited a little bit of what Dono could do, but man, he's led the team in tackles the last two weeks. Um, he's He could be a big oh, part of this. And defense. he's getting better. Yeah. That's the big thing, too. Because <laughs> I love his confidence. Kind of going back to what Isaiah was talking about, and, and Rob, Rob hit this, too, but the interior of the defensive line for the, the Cowboys was so stout. Even when Washington tried to run the football, they didn't do it inside. I, I, I would love to go back and see the numbers on how their yardage stacked up outside of the hash marks compared to like inside the tackle box because they did not run effectively inside the tackle box. If they had rushing yardage, it was either on the outside or it was passing yardage that was a screen that just mm-hmm. kind of went that way too. And that's because our cornerbacks were retreating. Yeah. That's, I mean, call a spade a spade. True. They, they, our cornerbacks did not play aggressive. Say a name. Trayvon Diggs. Yep. He wasn't good in the run no, game. He, he wanted no parts of the contact of the, of the running game out there or the screen game. It's just the film is the film. Yep. You know, I'm sorry, I'll say it to his face too. It's just he didn't he didn't play downhill in that regard. Did he make plays defensively as a defensive back on uh, with the ball in, in there? the passing absolutely. game? Absolutely, he destroyed it. Right, yeah. but I think one of the what he showed last week, his willingness to come up and tackle. That needs to be more present every week. It yeah. can't be a light on, light off thing. And I, as we start talking about him being in this elite conversation, right, elite you know defensive back and elite cornerback in this league, that part of your game has to show up. And that's why conversations of Jalen Ramsey, that's why he gets paid what he gets paid because he comes up and hits. Yep. Yeah, you can't take care. You can't you know you're barely gonna get win on and with the ball in the air. And if you run the ball to his side, you're probably gonna get hit. And that's the reason why he's in a conversation of, 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 of his own. Those two tackles, too, at the end of the Bengals game were like, whoa. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's coming up downhill, being physical, finishing plays. Yeah. Well, All right. And it, it also – go ahead. Let's take our second break because we, we're getting up on it. I do want to save some time for some helmet stickers. Hey. Sorry to cut you off. Helmet stickers. Pops we've got go. our players of the game when we come back with more Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. 
Go online at blackriflecoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's blackriflecoffee.com to fuel up today. Little sweet. Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to Talking Cowboys. Whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands, with Essilor lenses, you can see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more. Do more. Essilor here on Talking Cowboys. Isaiah Stanback, yeah. Patrick Nosey, Walker, Rob Phillips. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Chris Beam in the back as always. Running this thing like a well-oiled machine. Guess what I saw when I came in this morning. What did you see? They're not our particular sponsor. Was it a kangaroo? Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I saw a Ford Lightning. Whoa. Ooh. Yep, in the parking lot. Ooh. I parked right next That's to it. That's mine. There you go. I said, you know what? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go ahead and speak Go on. big money. I'm going to have a Ford Lightning one day. Oh. Oh. Like, you like with just you hit electric, go to Jerry with Electric, man. Hit him with the John Ridgeway I mean, accent. What better, uh, Jerry Jones. <laughs> what better show could they have? To sponsor than those that believe in electric. Mm. I mean, talking cowboys, we we support electric. No Vehicles doubt around here. It's a green show. Yes, we green, do. Very green show. Look at that. We have deja blue water. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I do support green. I, I also build cars, so I, I also oh, you're support. A car builder. Yeah, I am a car. I didn't know that. Oh, so we need that. to talk about fun that. Fun that's yeah. that's fun. Yeah. So I, um, I okay. also you know support big loud. Texas type. Texas <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I like That's kind of where I'm at, yeah. too. So, uh, Before we get to helmet stickers, Stroke Pat, you, you had a stat that you wanted to get to. Yes. You, you made a, an excellent point, kind of a segue to something I was thinking of uh, yesterday as well. Rob and I discussed it. It looked like at times the Cowboys were seeing the right side of their defensive line attacked time and time again by Antonio Gibson, uh, because it, so forth and so on. So... What you said before the break prompted me to take a look at next-gen stats, so uh, credits next-gen stats for this. But Antonio Gibson, of his 13 carries for 49 yards, nearly 20 of those yards were gained on, you know, running to his left, which was the Cowboys' right of their defensive line. Mm -hmm. Three of those were five were gainers of five or more. He struggled for the most part getting up the getting up in between the gaps, but he was able to 
you know, get a little bit of leeway there. Um, but it goes to the overall point of the interior defensive line for the Cowboys was playing quite well yesterday, even after the loss of Quentin Bohana. They're going to need to shore up when it comes to run defense. They're going to definitely need to shore up that edge because Washington, I'm not going to say exposed it, but Washington showed a soft spot there sure. that Dan Quinn and his defensive staff, they're going to need to tighten up, especially going against a team like Los Angeles and Los Angeles. If you allow Los Angeles to establish the run, they are going to tee off with Cooper Cup and Matthew yep. Stafford. So something there to keep an eye on. Out of his 49 yards, which that's not a lot. It's it, not. Dallas did a really good job of bottling him up, but 49 yards, only 12 of them came within the tackles. Right. Is kind of what we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier. So inside the tackles, you've been great. Outside contain, it's been spotty at best at times, but – uh, overall, the defense still looks fantastic. All right, Rob Phillips, you get to start us off this week. Some helmet stickers. Every week we do this during a Cowboys win here on Talking Cowboys, giving out our players of the game. I'm going to leave Dono to no see if he wants him. Hey, I'll take it. Hey. Somebody. Well, you can take him. The blood clot. <laughs> what? Hey, he's reserved for day <laughs> oneers. Day oneers. I need to change my bet. Yeah. No, Somebody. I'll just go ahead. Somebody's got to take Michael Gallup. Mm. Welcome back. The numbers, he had the touchdown, which was on a great scramble drill, which we watched every day in Oxnard. And look, he didn't get a lot of work with Cooper Rush. He's had two weeks of practice. Instant impact, you say? Instant impact. Only two catches for 24 yards, but I think two drawn penalties for over 60 yards. He could have been over 100 if he hadn't gotten interfered with. So, excellent job. What he did, exactly what we've talked about. He got deep. He threatened them deep. He opened things up for yes, the other guys, and Stop that's only going to continue going forward. So happy for him. He abs- There was like donut the- for Michael Gallup finally getting to eat again. MG13 is back. <laughs> We're gonna go to no C. I have to. They stole mine, so I have to find another. You gotta one. find one. Yeah, I gotta okay, find another so one. I'm Sorry. going with Donovan Wilson, aka Donald Wilson, aka uh, your worst nightmare in space. Mm. And I'm going with the pineapple. The reason I'm going with the pineapple is. Those who are fans of the comedian Kevin Hart know there's kind of a a running joke that he has as far as safe words are concerned. And I feel like the more an opposing offense goes against Donovan Wilson, the more they try to get past him, the more he Goldbergs them (laughs) into oblivion, uh, the more they start looking for their safe word. And the safe word is pineapple. Okay, so Donovan Wilson gets the pineapple because he has opposing ball carriers looking for their safe word every play when they see him bearing down on them. So I'm going with Donald Wilson, pineapple. Like it. Mm. All right, Isaiah. You guys are thieves. You guys are. <laughs> I don't even know what fruit this is. What is that? Papaya? Sure. Yeah, sure. Sure. Morgan, <laughs> I can't wait till somebody on Twitter comes and calls you out for yeah, not somebody's getting gonna, it right. Yeah, somebody's definitely going to call There's a lollipop over there. There's definitely a lollipop. Oh, I need to I grab it. Is. Yeah. Um, I think this is a papaya, right? Is that it? Sure. Mike, sure. Okay. I don't know. You guys tell us. I don't know what that is. Um, there's a lot of seeds there in that papaya. So with that, I'm going with C. D. Lamb. Huh? You see what I did there? Oh. <laughs> I'm going with CD Lamb. Uh, Just a little bit. CD, phenomenal. I was on your, I was on your head like a like a muffin cap the first couple <laughs> weeks. Okay, but you are starting to show up and show out, and I like it. I like the confidence. I like the consistency. Right, and I like the big playability that you are now helping your team and trusting you. So keep doing what you're doing, CD. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it. Ah, all right. Who you got? Last Gordon? word to KY. Yeah. Who you got? 
so I've got these two mangoes here. I've got uh, a mango, and one of them's holding like an umbrella. These are the two guys in the middle of that defense that spread out to just open up and, and cover up the interior defensive line. This is Neville Gallimore and Quentin Bohanna. Mm, right like there it. in the middle. Brothers. They're just right in the We're middle brothers. there, <laughs> plugging it up and doing a really good job of doing so. The interior of that defensive line, stopping the run through the tackles, and even providing some pass rush at times. Carson Wentz is throwing off his back foot. He wasn't able to really settle into the pocket. Give me these two guys right there at the front of the helmet. I look. Third. I like it a lot. Congrats, and you didn't let Isaiah throw you off right Yeah, there. thank goodness. He tried. I, I he tried yeah, to. We'll talk about it. Try to throw you off. We'll get well. it whenever we get <laughs> off the air. <laughs> you said he got deep. Third Cowboys win, third helmet sticker. This thing's starting to fill up, boys. Yes. Sure it is, buddy. Good. I like it. It's like it. Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Mm. We got plenty more to come this week here on Talking Cowboys. Back to a full week of shows. Tomorrow, we're taking your calls. 888-855-2297. Write it down. Be ready to go. We're back at 9.15 tomorrow. We'll take you all the way up to 10 a.m. So we'll take your calls and talk to Cowboys Nation following a 25 to 10 win over the Washington Commanders. But that does it for us today. For Chris Beam, Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, and Patrick Nosey Walker, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the star in Frisco. Thanks to our friends at Black Rifle Coffee Company. We'll see you tomorrow on Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys? Yeah!